This is Betsy. It's October 18th, Monday, 2021. This is Here We Are Today, a daily, I'm feeling like it's Monday through Friday these days. Um, as you know, I'm in uh, beta and experimenting with all of this. This show is about celebrating the joys and challenges of the human experience. I share some stories, offer my perspective, insights, maybe questions um, to just offer encouragement, support, compassion. This show is raw. It's unedited. It's improvised. And it is what it is. <laughs> um, I was thinking about, well, I might be talking a lot faster than normal. I do not drink caffeine for a reason. And that reason is I'm highly sensitive. And by, by me saying I don't really drink it, I do drink a little bit of caffeine. And I realized at age 18 that I was really sensitive because I didn't drink any caffeine up until then. And I worked at Big Boy for the summer and I would when I was leaving Big Boy, I was a server. My sister and I were both servers at Big Boy. It was awesome. Summer of 1996, after I graduated high school. Exit 110 off I-96, uh, Okemos Road exit in Michigan. And um, I would get a like coffee and put a Swiss Miss packet in it. I thought I invented a, a mocha basically. I mean, it was just a Swiss Miss packet. And I guess somebody who worked there told me I should try it. And I started drinking those things uh, when I would head home from my shift at like three or 4 PM. And then I also that summer started drinking nesty iced teas in a can. For some reason, it didn't either occur to me that I was drinking caffeine or whatever, but I started having panic attacks and major heart racing. I'd have to lay down and I was a basketball player and I'd play basketball and my heart would just get racing like wild. So they put me on a heart monitor for 24 hours and basically from asking me questions about my lifestyle, they determined that I am sensitive. So long story short, I had a jasmine tea with oat milk and a little bit of sugar at about 12 or one, it's about 4.30 right now. And I'm just grateful that tea doesn't have that much caffeine in it, but I definitely feel amped. So watch me jump around, watch me just, you know, go on some tangents. So I'm a little bit amped today. I will also say that I was talking to my sister earlier and if you listen to the episode that I did several weeks ago about dogs and the importance of dogs in our lives, um, it was a very it's a very special day in their family because um, they had a very dear family member. Their 15 year old dog Sasha passed away um, several weeks ago, and they went to a shelter yesterday and connected with an adorable little dog and he's just amazing and they're all over the moon. And so I'm just feeling so happy and joyful for them. And today when I was talking to her on the phone, she went and picked up my niece from school and had the dog with her. And I was able to 
chat with my niece and just tell her congratulations and ask her a couple questions and just hear the joy in her voice and how thrilled she is. And I'm just feeling so happy for her. Well, she said goodbye. And then, by the way, to my sister, if you're listening to this, this is maybe the first time you're hearing this. She said goodbye. And then my sister didn't hang up the phone. And right then they ran into, I guess, some friends, um, a fr friend of my niece's, friend of my sister's, um, sounded like a couple and their kid and maybe my niece's cousin who also lives in town. And they had this conversation. And I wasn't sure at first if my sister was going to come back on the phone, but quickly determined that I thought she thought I, they hung up. And I stayed on the phone. And the reason I stayed on the phone is because these people were meeting their new puppy for the first time. And I could hear everyone talking about how amazing the puppy is and what's the story of the puppy. There was just all this enthusiasm and joy and happiness. And so I just stayed and I just smiled and had a little tear come to my eye of joy. And everyone was so delightful and so positive and celebratory and it was really an honor to just be a fly in the wall for that interaction just for a few minutes. It's like, it's like getting a little window into your loved one's lives, kind of daily lives, but in this really meaningful celebratory moment um, in their life. It, that, that experience got me thinking a lot about empathetic joy we talk and think a lot about empathy related to hard moments in life that are grief or sadness, loss, frustrations, challenges, trauma. And I think that there needs to be much more conversation around empathetic joy and an encouragement of practicing that when we're able to. I know that if you think about in your life situations or circumstances where you are able to really feel into someone else's joy and really celebrate with them, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling to be able to join in someone else's well-being and, and loving and cherished moments in life. And we know as human beings that sometimes when we observe other people having positive experiences, we sometimes have a negative reaction or we're resistant. We are feeling pain maybe in that area of our own life and we're not able to feel good. It brings up our feelings of loss or inadequacy or grief uh, in maybe that area. And sometimes that has really is related to career achievement or a romantic partnership or somebody having a baby um, and having troubles, you know, observing that by somebody who's had some major challenges with fertility. There's lots of examples of this in life. And when you think about your own life, I encourage you to just witness, you know, what are the areas where you really feel the, not only the areas, but what are the areas and also people that you feel real openness and generosity for celebrating their positive moments in life? And also, what are the areas where and people where you don't have a feeling of generosity or you don't have an openness 
to celebrate their joy. And I think for just witnessing that in yourself, that's just a good first step to raise awareness about your relationship to those people, the relationship to those topics, and to give yourself compassion and understanding. There's a reason why your system has developed that way. And um, it may illuminate for you areas of opportunity for growth and healing, the areas where you're feeling not as open, or it's it may reveal areas of opportunity for maybe changing the the relationships that you have or making some adjustments to to that. So for example, if you're not feeling very celebratory or joyful for someone in your life that you feel like is really hurt you or been harmful to you or been damaging, then that's good information about your ability or willingness to trust that person. It's not necessarily that you have to change to be able to celebrate their joy. For me, my aspiration in life is to be able to experience empathetic joy for anyone and everyone. And that includes people that have harmed me. That includes, yeah, I mean, in particular, people have harmed me that I have had negative feelings towards to be able to feel into the positive feelings and experiences that they have and to know that that is the best and highest expression of love that we can have to just celebrate and honor people's joy. And I really do believe that when we're able to hold that space, that that affects all of us. So when I say, you know, I told this story about me listening in on the phone to my sister and my niece and talking to their friends kind of after school on the sidewalk, and them just being so beside themselves, happy for getting their new dog. And I, I'm sure that might come across as me saying, Oh, look how great I am at empathetic joy. I, I know that it may come across as generous. The truth is that it's really good for me too. You know, maybe it is generous that it, it helps to kind of create an upward spiral when we're in communication to be able to reflect back their joy and love and then them express more and me celebrate that. So there is an upward spiral and there is a generosity in that, but it's not totally altruistic. For me, it filled my heart. It filled my heart to feel that joy and well-being and happiness. And I wonder what our lives would look like if we we really set an intention to practice expanding our capacity for empathetic joy. Debbie Ford, who's the author of The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, which I have referenced, and just so you know, I will reference it a gazillion more times. If you don't want to hear anything about that, you should stop listening to this podcast because I think about it and talk about it all the time. She's carried forward, you know, what started as Carl Jung's um, re, you know, research and, and philosophy of shadow work and psychology. And Debbie Ford has, you know, was able to create programs and a perspective, um, that she applied to many different people through her book and her programs that are quite effective and powerful. And the philosophy that Debbie Ford shares is that to the degree that we embrace our dark side, we can equally embrace our light side. 
And that if we numb our dark side or we deny our dark side, and, and by that, let me define dark side emotions is that we judge as dark are the emotions and feelings of the human experience that we would say are bad or that we don't want to experience like sadness or anger or grief. These things that I've been stigmatized to be kind of ashamed of, although it's natural part of the human experience. So that's what she's calling dark side emotions. And what she says is that it's all natural and it's all part of the human experience. And so to the degree that we can embrace and, and allow ourselves to feel those feelings and understand them and learn not to act on them and give ourselves compassion, then we create more space to experience joy and the light side. So an example would be, you know, if I feel hard emotion like sadness and I don't have a permission or capacity, or I haven't been conditioned culturally or in my family or societally to validate that emotion and create space for feeling it, then I'm going to judge it. I'm going to think there's something wrong with me. And if I'm judging it and thinking there's something wrong with me, then I'm likely going into shame and deep invalidation and maybe even self-hatred. And that, that is something that can fuel um, harmful self-behaviors like um, substance abuse and, um, you know, major avoidance and other, other things. You know, for some people, it's, it's maybe shopping addiction or gambling or uh, sex or love addiction. There's a lot of different ways of kind of cope, what feels like coping with the deep shame um, I'm not saying that all addiction is based on deep shame, but a lot of it is, in my opinion, and from what I've read and, and researched. And so then what happens is if I'm numbing, so let's say I'm drinking because I feel sad and I've gone into this shame about that sadness, that I'm not a valuable person if I'm sad. I need to show up and be happy. That's how I'm valuable and love. That's how I'm at, That's how I'm contributing something to a system, family, team, organization, then I, let's say I'm drinking. Well, drinking is numbing. Or maybe I'm binge watching something on Netflix. I mean, whatever it is that's numbing ourselves from feeling what we're feeling. So we numb and we, we cannot selectively numb. We can't just numb the hard feelings. What we end up doing is we numb the hard feelings and good feelings. So we create a narrower band of an emotional experience. So we don't feel much of the really bad because we've been numbing that, but we also then don't feel the really good. And so as I've talked about, you know, the, the transformation of my relationship with alcohol and that I don't abuse it anymore. And I haven't for years, you know, at this point, I think it's six years. Oh, it's six years this October that I have stopped abusing alcohol and I didn't drink it all for three years. And then after that, I think I shared on another episode, I drink a little bit here and there, like about a centimeter of tequila once every maybe month or two. And that's, that's all I feel like having. So it's a dramatically different relationship to alcohol, but it's not just stopping drinking for me. It's all the work that I've done for my trauma recovery, for my mental health and, and well-being, and all the work in therapy and coaching that I've been able to create a greater capacity for what Debbie Ford describes as the dark side emotions. And so then I've been able to expand that capacity within myself 
without it feeling like an invalidation of myself or that I'm not valuable, a, a lot of those invalidating feelings. And therefore, I've been able to expand my capacity for joy and happiness and well-being. So I wonder, I really wonder about the relationship for me between the deep you know, trauma recovery work that I've done and my ability to experience empathetic joy. And I think there's a really strong connection between the two. And I also think there's a strong connection in relationship to my sister and her family and being able to be with their pain in the loss of their dog, Sasha, and to really be with them through that grief and sadness and, and not try to run away from it. So that in essence, I've guess I've been able to practice it with them, but I don't think I'd be able to do it with them if I haven't been, been, been able to practice with myself. And so for you, I invite you to whatever degree is appropriate. And if you need to reference the last episode, which is about to grow or to flow, <laughs> that was on, uh, the 15th of October. Sometimes it's the place and time in our lives to get out of our comfort zone and to grow. And sometimes it feels like, let's just be, have compassion for ourselves. But I just wanted to plant this seed about empathetic joy and, and leave you with a couple questions. Is there someone in your family, life, community, uh, team, organization that is experiencing something really positive in their life? And how might you really earnestly celebrate that with them in a way that you think would be that would really align with how they would like to be celebrated with you may have to guess a little bit but there's a lot of ways to celebrate and and sometimes it's just a matter of someone shares something awesome and you ask more questions tell me more what else happened wow that's amazing i'm so happy for you and practice saying, I'm so happy for you. I'm just so grateful that you had that experience. That is so incredibly wonderful. Bottom line is there's no difference between us, each other, you know, you and I, there's no difference. And so when we are able to expand our capacity for empathetic joy, we're deepening our humanity, deepening our connection with one another and um, expanding our hearts. Our hearts will grow. And I really believe that when you go practice that, my heart will grow. Even if I, we don't meet or we don't know each other, I just know. I just know it to be true. And so if you're not able to do that yet, be gentle with yourself. Have compassion and know that there's some pain. Um, there's some pain in there that maybe needs to be listened to or tended to. Yet when you do feel into this empathetic joy, take it to a 10. Take it to a 10x dive into it. See if you can really feel into it and feel the other person's joy. I'm telling you, it may seem generous, but see how you feel afterwards. It'll probably fill up your heart. There we go. It's that's, that's Monday for you, everybody. That's Monday, October 18th. It is what it is. Sending lots of love to you till tomorrow. Wow.